Thank you for checking out the Faith City Church Podcast. We believe that you'll be blessed by today's message. This morning, uh, I'm Pastor Andy, the pastor here at Faith City Church. Uh, we pastor together. I pastor together with my wife, Kristen. Uh, but Peter Heist, we've been friends for a long time. Sometimes I jokingly refer to you as Reverend Peter Heist. Don't do that, man. But, uh, don't good, label me. <laughs> but how many know this, <laughs> that we don't have to have a title in front of our name to minister the love of God? Yeah. We don't have to have a title in front of our name to have something to say. In fact, I believe that as we grow more in this love relationship with God, we all are going to have something to say. And it's going to really help us in our life and help others. So, you know, we've been doing this, uh, this, this uh, series called The Way of Love. Yeah. And um, so we've been tackling some things. And I really... Know. What is it? The foundation is love. It is. For everything. It is. And we found that out in our lives, you know, being, I've known you since you were 15. Dude, I remember you telling stories when, remember the pool? Like one of the first times you met me, I was just this (laughs) obnoxious kid just going off and you walked in. I don't know what you were doing there. And you're like, who is this obnoxious (laughs) kid? I won't. I don't know exactly what you referred right. to me as, but I remember that guy. I don't know. I was. I, I was, do remember that because you were more mature than I was. I was well, young. I don't know and about I was, that. Well, I wasn't as Christ-like then. You well, know, as, now I'm perfectly I, Christ-like I wasn't all the time. Either. No, I wasn't as Christ-like then. So I'm sure I had a few things to say. But it's just beautiful how God can bring those things around. From yeah. you know, I mean, we were. Pro- I don't know. We're five, six years apart, or something like that. So you know, sometimes when you're at that age, it's like you know, grow up. Of course, I wasn't mature either. But through that process, we became close friends. We began to play together in bands and tour, yeah. uh, even work together in, some, in, in the construction industry and things like that. Um, but well, hold that, on. It's funny because yeah. there was a time when I saw more of you than I did my wife. Because we'd be on tour and we'd go away for weeks or months at a time and come back. And then we worked together. So as soon as we come back... The next morning, we were on the job site, and it was, I was, I'd refer to Jess, my wife, I'd be like, well, Andy this, and Andy that, and Andy this, and then Kristen, and they're like, you guys are man crushing on each other, because it's just the two of you, and I was like, well. Work but wives, I, we were just yeah, work wives. Yeah, yeah. so I was, I'm totally thankful for our relationship, yeah. and how we have grown it, and how I've matured, and I, sure. I'm chasing after you, man. Well, and I, and I think. In that, and I'm giving you a little setup. Most of you know us, but just so if you're online or here for the first time, you know, Pete and I, we, we went through this process of growing in yeah. understanding who God was, what he right. was about in that relationship. And so really to narrow it down to this, Pete, is you and I discovered that it's more than performance. It's more than self-effort. It's more than if I love God enough, he'll love me. Right. It's that First John 4.19 we refer to yes. like almost every you know, I'm hitting on scripture. that probably at least three times. Today. We love because he first loved us. Yes. So that's the importance of it. So I just want you to know that, he, you know, I, I believe in him, the message, what he carries. We don't let people lightly behind this table. It's not really a pulpit, it's a table. And uh, whatever they may be up here speaking to you. So take it away, bro, and just share right, more man. of the love of God with us, man. I'm excited. All right, All right love you. Love you too, bro. I'm excited. I know you're not as excited as I am. I actually had to wean off the coffee this morning because I was like, dear Jesus, 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 my Jesus, my Jesus. 
Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, you know, you know what I'm saying? So I was just really excited. So I'm excited that the Holy Spirit would use me to hopefully impact our lives. I like to talk about them as church nuggets. I really hope you walk away with one, maybe two, possibly three nuggets today that you can take from what I'm sharing. You can take those nuggets to expound in your decisions to grow. Amen? How many like growth? Who likes change? Not all of us like dramatic change. But who is the same person today, excuse me, than you were five years ago? Who's the same person today that you were a year ago? We are constantly changing. Would you agree with me that our decisions to change, our decisions through life, I'm just going to pace. Is that okay? Here's my island, and I'm just going to pace around. So so stay focused. Don't let me be the distraction of what you get this morning. Amen? So our decisions, undo typing, cancel. Our decisions make up where we are. Your decisions have brought you to this place to sit in this seat today. What car you're going to buy, what apartment you're going to get into after high school. Are you going to college? Are you not? Who are you going to marry? How many kids are we going to decide to have? I like to call this our journey. And every person has their own journey. And I hopefully I can take some pressures off your journey trying to change someone else's journey. Does that make sense? How many times do we try to mold someone into being a better person through, yes, our places of where we have grown from, we're trying to explain our journey to someone else and saying, but if you just do this, if you have kids, you know what I'm talking about, because if you do that, you're going to fall on your face. Okay, they don't listen to me, they fall on your face. It's not a, I told you so, it's a, man, are you okay? Man, I I had hoped in my heart that you would not have done that. I have friends like this. I have friends that don't think the way I think. They haven't made the same decisions, good or bad. My kids are all here. I hear you. I hear you. They're like, dad just slurred his decisions. No, I, 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 I'm not your typical preacher, so don't judge me. I'm just a guy. I'm just a guy. I'm trying to keep up with Pastor Andy and his eloquent speaking. Amen? I love you, bro. I love you. I am me because too many times in the old church, I tried to be Benny Hinn. I tried to be Rod Parsley. I tried to be someone that I wasn't, and I fell on my face every time. And the Holy Spirit struck me down one day, and I got up off my horse. (laughs) Wow, he struck me off my horse, and I got off the ground like Paul did. And I said, wow, what was that? And he says, I don't have a Peter Heist. I already have a Benny Hinn. I already have a Rod Parsley. Come on, somebody. Your journey, I wrote a whole bunch of stuff down, so bear with me as I read through my notes because I'm really hoping to give you guys some nuggets today. Amen? Yeah, yeah. Romans 12, verse 2. 
New King James says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Do you know your decisions, I need to simplify that, but I can't. Your decisions, that's nice. Thanks, Heidi. Your choices that you take and you make, you're constantly renewing your mind. Would you agree with me? You said, oh, I used to think that way about 10 years ago, but now in my diet, I'm not going to eat that. I'm actually going to eat this because I think it's better for me. You just made a decision to renew your mind. Remember, we, I gave you a tease last week, and I said, hey, if you guys want to change a bad habit to make a good habit, and you take water, for example, I need to drink more water throughout the day. You don't just make that choice to drink more water and then walk away from it. Through your day, you say, I have to stop right here and go get a glass of water. I have to take a time out from what I'm doing. In order for me to drink more water, I have to make a decision, a choice. Now I need water. An hour and a half later, I need more water. Do you understand how your habits change through your choices, through your decisions? It's constantly renewing your mind. In the Message Bible, that same verse, don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God, on the Lord. We, sometimes we're just going about our day. Sometimes we don't live life on purpose. That's key. We're going to get into that. Constantly thinking, constantly changing. You are constantly growing. Amen? So we are in, we are in this Love walk with the Father, with the foundation, if you want to throw the triangle up, the pyramid, the foundation being love, which Pastor went over last week, and everything that has to do with this pyramid is based on love. Love. And today we're tackling relationships. Go ahead. You can go to the restroom. We'll just wait here for you patiently. Oh, okay. How many know, how many know in order to be in a relationship, I really think the number one key is yourself. Having a relationship with yourself for me is first. It is first. How many love yourself? I preached on this years ago, loving yourself. How can you love someone else if you cannot find love in yourself? If you can't find out why you are worthy of love, it's very tough to receive, to to give out of love if you can't find love. Are you following me? Do you understand what that means? We're going to hit on this. Here's our first time hitting 1 John 4.19. We, though, are going to love, love, and be loved. First, we were loved. How we love. Now we love. I just mess that up. It's kind of a messed up verse if you read it fast. First, we were loved. Now we love. He loved us first. So let's read this verse again on purpose. We, though, 
are going to love. Love and be loved. First, we were loved. Now we love. He loved us first. Now we're going to change this up because sometimes we take the we and the us's and we blend it in like, oh yeah, he's talking about all of us. He's talking about this certain group of people. He's talking about the, the dialect, the culture. Sometimes we take the us and the we and we separate ourselves out of it because it's not the I and the me. Can you read this again? We're going to have to switch it in our brain because I don't have a slide for it and I didn't write it down. Let's try to read it. If not, just sit back and I'll try. Ready? I, though, are going to love, love and be loved. First, I were loved, was loved. Now, I love. He first, I'm sorry, he loved me first. Does that hit home a little bit more personal? A little bit more personal. Love, our topic of last week, the basis of everything, sometimes it's hard to swallow. Sometimes we hear it so much, it's diluted. Remember the commercials? Love you, bro. Love you, man. Love you. Mean it. Sometimes it gets thrown out so much. I remember when my wife and I first got married, I really think love meant something different from me than it meant for her. I said it all the time, even though I didn't do the dishes or the laundry or what she kind of wanted and expected her love to be, it was not my intent not to love her through her love, but in my love, just the word itself meant a lot because I didn't say it as a kid. I, I mean... I said it, but it, it meant something. Do you understand where I'm coming from with this non-diluted love? So it is a tough, a tough subject. It's actually a vulnerable subject with trust involved and your trust having to trust someone else. Who here had a crush early in their life? No one. A couple of us. Do you know what it's like to crush on, let's say, the Backstreet Boys or, or New Kids on the Block? Somebody famous that even though you might be young, you can crush on them, but the reality of actually holding their hand is never going to happen. So the painful thought of getting stabbed in the back by them with a spoon will probably never happen. You follow me? Because that crush, it might be a crush, but it's, it's not real. It's not... You can't, you can't, you, not tangible. You can't grasp at that. But to get older in life and start putting out vibes of how you're feeling. Hold on. My feeling of this relationship is I like her. I like him. I, I'm, I'm going to step out and make myself vulnerable and, and maybe show how I think love should be towards them. Sometimes that reciprocates and sometimes it doesn't. And, and that crush, excuse me, that crush 
could literally get crushed and stomped on because you put yourself out there with that trust factor, learning, learning as a young adolescent coming up that, man, I just can't put myself out there because they just walked all over my heart and they just smashed my heart into a million pieces even though that was the real me. I got teased about that. Understand? Are we, are we, getting, are we going somewhere? We're getting to my introduction. <laughs> Trusting others. Here's what we do. The older we get in life, we start building up these walls of security, these walls that help us in not being hurt, these walls that close us off from everybody else so that I don't have to trust them and now they can't hurt me. I might be able to look over the wall and touch somebody once in a while, but if they want to hurt me, they can't climb my wall. They're not getting into this. We close ourselves off and actually can become cold, cold-hearted. So we build up walls that don't allow people in. Let me read this to you. This is hard. We are trying to grasp, control, or take possession of relationship. When you take control of a relationship, it's like trying to grab the rudder and steer the relationship in the direction you want it to go. So you're steering the ship because you have the rudder. You're like, this relationship between him or her, I'm grabbing onto it. We're doing this, this, and this today. Nothing else. So that any void off course, you don't get stabbed in the back because you trust or you love and you put yourself out there. Now there's something when you put yourself out there, you put your toes out, they could get smashed by a hammer. You put your heart out there, it could get thrown on the ground. I think every love movie that's out there, someone in it says, it's better to have loved and lost than never loved at all. Man, to love and loss, you feel the pain. You feel the heartache of that loss. I loved our last dog. I felt like a bad parent. Our dog got hit in the road years ago. It shattered our family. It really did. I wasn't ready for a new dog. I didn't want a new dog because I didn't want to love another dog like I loved that dog. I wasn't ready. That didn't matter because my kids said, we're ready. So they got another dog. And honestly, when we first got the dog, you can tell me, girls, I was closed off to this dog. I didn't let this dog in. I didn't play with the dog. I might pet it once in a while. Of course, it's their dog, but dad had to let it out in the middle of the night. One more reason why I didn't want another dog. But you know what? I honestly, I didn't want to let this dog close to me because I still felt the pain of that love that was lost. 
but without feeling that pain, I can never appreciate that love. The crush that you had of that person that was actually tangible at the workplace or at school or wherever you were, it wasn't this celebrity person that whatever gets photoshopped and all this other stuff and you just Google over them, whoa, my heart throb. No, it's actually a person that you put yourself out there. Is it better to have loved and lost than not loved at all? I would have to say yes, even though the pain is great. The pain is great. It's, it's, that, it's that trust factor. So we're grasping to take control of relationships. But this control, it's never really there. The truth is, we are not safe from hurt or rejection. Sometimes that's hard to swallow. But that's the truth. The wall that we build... It's a lie to let us think that we can control what people will do or can do to us by staying in the safety zone. Sometimes we build up walls thinking that the wall will keep us safe. What it ends up doing is closing us off for having a relationship with someone else. I really, truly, truly believe the key to relationship is knowing your identity in yourself. And when you love yourself, the hurt or the pain from someone else won't hurt you as bad because you know your worth. Does that make sense? How many's just been going along your day, you, or, or you know, going along your life? It's your journey. You have the circle of friends that pastor has preached on many times, the inner circle that knows your deepest, darkest secrets, and then the four circles on the way out to the person you just walked past or the person that you say hi to at school or on the job. They don't really know you. They might know your first name, but they're just an acquaintance. But that person on the inner, inner circle that knows you just comes out and stabs you in the back with a spoon and you feel that pain. Why a spoon, cousin? Because it'll hurt more. That's, that's Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, Kevin Costner, right? Remember? The sheriff had the cousin. I'm going to cut his heart out with a spoon. Why a spoon? There it is. Explained it for you. I'll tell you. These pop, they just pop in my head. I don't write this stuff down. Thank the Lord. He would not let me say it. But you know what? That's the reality of it, is these walls that we put up, we think we're securing our heart, securing our trust. But it's a lie and they're false. We try to convince ourselves of a false sense of security. Our real safety comes from Jesus. He's our rock, our strength, our peace, our comfort. He gives us our identity And our worth is found in him. Today's journey. That was my introduction. Today's journey. How do we have relationships with all manner of people? I struggled with this a little bit because I'm like, man, I don't like him. I don't like her. Oh, I like him. Yeah, I like her. I'll let them close to me. 
because they're cool. He's a little odd. He ain't getting anywhere close to me. That's just how it is. You know, we judge in our head. We critique in our head. We're already looking somebody up and down when, when we meet them, approach them, see them for the first time. They speak, wow, I don't like her voice. Uh-uh, she ain't, no, no relationship building there. They're never coming to our house for dinner. We're already judging. So how do we have relationships with those people that we judge? How many people, your favorite color is blue? You can be my friend. If your hand's down, there's the door. How shallow is that? How many people, your favorite food is Mexican? You're definitely my friend. No? All right. This side, nada. Another one. Maybe not. We're going to get to that later. I wanted to, to define relationship because I was a little puzzled on it. What's the difference between friendship and relationship? Relation, friendship. So I defined it. I looked it up. Relationship, the way in which two or more concepts, comma, objects, or people are connected. That's heavy. That's going to hit home here in a few minutes when I rattle off a few nuggets that I really hope you pick up. Are you picking up what I'm laying down? Check this out. Amos 3.3 in the New King James. Can two walk together unless they are agreed? Here's what scholars say. Many interpret this verse to mean two groups cannot work together unless they agree in doctrine. I've heard doctrine my whole life, so I had looked that up too. The, the Peter phrase of doctrine is a church's belief in which they teach. Okay? So doctrine is what kind of this church believes. They teach that. That's their doctrine. What this group teaches, that's their doctrine. That's kind of what they stand on. So we follow doctrine. So you cannot work together unless they agree in doctrine. However, if we consider this at a relational level, we will quickly realize it does not work. If we require all of our friends to agree with us in every detail, we will have no friends. So we did the color, we did the restaurant, We're get, let's, let's get deeper. How many Michigan fans here? How many state fans here? Man, you notice I kept my hand up for both of them? Ooh, that was actually hard for me. How many Ohio State fans here? Come on, this is USA right here. I'm trying to, USA. Red, white, and blue. I know, we're wearing red for them Buckeyes. I know Mike's here, he's a Buckeye fan. I love you, brother. See, that was hard for me to say. 
But I did it. I made that choice. I made that decision to say, I loved you, Mike. Buckeye. <laughs> so we're getting a little deeper. We're getting a little deeper where things hit home a little bit more. Without a raise of hands. Oh, you ready? Everybody take a deep breath. Without a raise of hands. Who voted for Biden? Who voted for Trump? You know what I'm saying? We prejudge and we judge people on their decision. Oh, but hold on. If you vote for Biden, he wants this. And if you vote for Trump, he wants this. They're actually going to take food off my kids' table by this policy because it'll affect me in my workplace. And so now the money that I should have brought home now goes here. You're affecting me. Well, hold on. Yes, affecting you. I will agree with that. This other person that thinks the total opposite of what you think, it affects them as well. And they might have the same scenario with different facts. This affects my household because I'm on the teacher's union and, and you know that, that we're democratic. It is real. I'm embarrassed to say I have shunned people because of their views. This is not in my notes. I really tried to take, I took my man pills last night, but not this morning. But you know what? I did. But just that decision to drink more water every day, it's that same decision that I tell myself, I have to walk in love. I have to walk in love every day. I have to make that decision to that stranger, to that friend. Here's the truth. There isn't one person in this world that has the same views as you. Let's get a little deeper. Oh, if we can, Jesus. A husband and wife do not always agree. Well, our pastors do, but the holy ones, the holy ones. Yeah, there's a lot of holes in my relationship. <laughs> oh, a husband and wife do not always agree, yet they are able to walk together and have relationship. Early in our marriage, it was great because we were still in the honeymoon phase. How many remember back that far? Everything's fresh. You're still, you know, when you're dating, you get the best of that person. Follow me? Every time you see them, they're all dialed up. You go to the movies, go to the restaurant. Man, you get married, you see the opposite side of that. I, quit, I quickly became a knight in shining armor as just a dude in a tin can. Not that I tried, but you know what? My wife sees my good and my bad.
Yeah, believe it or not, Dad, just a dude in a tin can. So years two, years three, my wife and I, huh, the best thing we ever did for our marriage, we made a decision before we got married that we would never throw the D word back and forth. We would never talk about divorce. We would never even say it or allow it in our home. But how many times was it on my brain? Because we struggled. I'd like to say we struggled more than anyone else struggled, but honestly, I don't know anybody else's journey. I only know mine. If you had asked me in that point in time, do I love her? I would have had to be truthful and say, no, I don't. My love is lost. And I know it would be the same for her. We couldn't even be in the same room, not even arguing or talking, just to be in the same room. But we made that decision to stick it out. We made that decision to keep talking, even though every time I opened my mouth, I shoved my foot in it. So there was this one time that we were talking, discussing, slash kind of arguing without yelling because I don't like to yell. And I had this vision in my head. And I said to her, I said, babe, I said, do you realize that it seems like we're in a boxing cage and we're toe-to-toe with each other with no gloves on? And I said, but the truth is, I've always been in your corner. And we've always been, wow, forgive me. We've always been fighting for the same thing. And that's peace in our home. No strife in our house. No division. Nothing to separate us. That nothing would come in between us to keep us apart. See, even though you might think differently than I do, woo, I've made a decision to always be in the corner of humanity. I don't care what color you are. I don't care your background, what side of the tracks you were raised on, what your favorite color is, what restaurant you like to go to. I've made that decision. And that's a decision that I have to tell myself, I need to stop right here and go get a glass of water because I need to drink more water. I need to stop right here and really say, how am I walking in love right now? Because the judgment that I'm feeling isn't right. Here's the best nugget I could give you today. Walking together is not based on total agreement, but on the decision to walk together through love. If I had a microphone in my hand, I'd drop it and I'd go home right now. 
drop the mic. Boom. You feeling me? Walking together, I'm going to say it again because the nugget is that good, is not based on total agreement, but on the decision to walk together. You can relate this in your relationship to your wife, your husband, your spouse, your kids, your job, your friends, your relationships, the stranger on the street. It's the decision to walk together. The NIV translates this verse. Do two walk together unless they have agreed to do so. In other words, the agreement is about the decision to walk together. It's not in what you agree about or disagree about. My views on Quite a few of my friends have changed for the better because maybe I used to put up a wall and hold them at a distance because I would see their posts on Facebook and I'd be like, man, they're just a moron. With no response because I'm going to walk in love and not respond to that because that was not a good post. Half the time I don't post. Because what my opinion is in one area is someone's opinion not. So who would I be offending? I'm choosing to walk in love because, yes, I might agree with this person, and even though I want to like their post, I could see, wow, this could really shun me or keep me out of relationship with other people because of my response. And to me, it's not worth it. I would rather have a relationship with you than you view me or put me in a box of, oh, he's just this. He's just that. He's just a Republican. He's just a Democrat. He's just independent. I wanted Bernie. Being open to relationship with anybody is a choice. It's a decision. Let's recap 1 John 4.19 for the second time. Ready? We, though, are going to love, love, and be loved. First we were loved, now we love. He loved us first. The next verse, 20. Anyone boasts, I love God, and goes right on hating his brother or sister, thinking nothing of it, he is a liar. If he won't love the person he can see, how can he love the God he can't? Loving relationships is living a life out of love. It's a choice. It's a decision that we make. A decision that you have today to renew your mind, to drink more water throughout the day, and to walk in love throughout the day. It's not a decision that you say right here and now, I'm going to walk in love, and you go on about your day not thinking. But to live life on purpose is to love life. 
And if you love life, you live out of love. The older I get, the more I realize how much life is about family, how much family is about love, how much love is about relationships. And I cherish those things greater and greater every day, living a life on purpose. I was going to hit on the prodigal son today because it's my favorite story in the Bible and because I wanted to and because I feel like I could take any verse or any phrase and mold it into the prodigal story because it's that good. If you don't know about the prodigal son, I will summarize and skip the older brother. That's another day. The younger brother, he wanted his inheritance from his father. He said, Father, give me what's mine because I'm out of here. So the father sold off the land, gave the kid his money, and he took off. And he went to Vegas. And he blew it. He spent it. He had lots of friends. He had lots of relationships with people that hung out with him while his pockets were full of money. When that money ran out, so did his friends. So did all those so-called relationships that he thought he could grab by the rudder and guide. Where did he find himself? That's the key. He found himself in with the pigs. As a Jewish boy, you didn't have anything to do with pigs. Yet he found himself feeding this farmer's pigs. And he was so hungry that the slop that he was feeding the pigs was tempting him. Come on, somebody. That's a desperate situation. How many times on the top of the mountain do you find yourself? Or do you find yourself in the valley where things are bad? How many times on the top of the mountain do you pat yourself on the back and say, things are going great, but when you're down in the valley, it's God's fault. God, why am I here? It couldn't be my decisions that got me to this valley. Could it? Yet his decisions, he found himself in with the pig slop. And he found himself mentally, spiritually, emotionally, he found himself and he said, to him, he said to himself, my father's servants eat better than I am right now. My father's servants have more than I have at this point in time. I'm going home. Maybe a tough pill to swallow, but he knew he wasn't going home to be his father's son. He knew he wasn't going home. He was going home to be a servant in his father's house because he knew he had burnt that bridge. He had this huge apology note wrote to his dad in his head. That hit that, that's what he was going to say when he got there. Dad, I'm so sorry. I really messed up. If you just take me in as one of your servants, I'll do what I need to do and you can clothe me and I'll work for my food. Yet on his journey home, the father saw him from a long ways off. 
because he'd been looking. He'd been looking, waiting for his son. Culture in this day, as soon as the son showed up on the doorstep, the father had every right to stone him. That was culture. When we don't live life on purpose and we live life just because everybody else is doing it means it's okay. And we don't say, hold on, I need to think for myself. I need to realize what's happening right now. Can I walk out of love right here? Can I use love to change this decision, to make this relationship better? Yet the father could have stoned the son. And instead, he did something that fathers didn't do. Not fathers of this culture, not fathers that have servants, not fathers that have money, not fathers. He ran to his son. He said, I'm going to live life different. I'm going to run to my son. He grabbed his son, hugged him, kissed him on the neck. And this, the prodigal son broke into this spiel. His apology. And the dad quickly cut him off and said, I don't care. I don't care. I'm going to skip to the end of my notes. And read this. If God the Father sees us through his love and loves us through our bad decisions, are we able to love others through their decisions? He didn't care what his son had done. He was happy his son was home. He said, put my best clothes on him, my best sandal, put my most expensive ring on his hand. Go, fill the, go, go kill the fatted calf because we're eating tonight. Steak and ribs. The best of the best because my son's here. See, he might have found himself. Have you found your worth? Do you know what you're worth? We, we find our identity through him, through Christ. Christ helps us find ourselves. But do you know what you're worth in his eyes? This is the constant renewing of my mind that I have with myself every day. Because we see our faults. We see what holds us back. We see our laziness. We see our decisions where we could do something good, but we decide to not do something good and do the other. All these decisions compile us into this area of we see our worth and our worth is valued in our decisions. Our worth is valued in our goodness. How good am I? That's what I'm worth. This is not the truth. The biggest thing that ever set me free. I was at a men's meeting at the old church early in the morning. 
I hated getting up early. I just said that. Because, you know, we had a club for young people, and it went late Friday night. All teenagers, everybody could come out and hang out. After cleanup, after the 30-minute drive home, sometimes it was 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning when I got home. And to turn around for early morning Saturday men's breakfast, I could have cared less. But I was phlegmatic, so I was loyal. And I couldn't stand up to anybody and say no. That's okay. Those are good attributes. I'll take those. So I woke up with very little sleep as a young person, and I went to men's breakfast, scarfed down some pancakes, and got to sit there through somebody's talk. Was the talk going to have a nugget in, for, in, in it for me so that I could change my life? I'd really doubt it. I'm just here for the food, and I'm going home. Let's keep it real. But this, this one day, I wasn't expecting it. This nugget changed my life. I'd heard this word most of my, wow, most of my Christian life called righteousness. The definition of righteousness, it's easy. Righteousness, it's right standing before the Father. God the Father has given us all righteousness. That righteousness gives you the right to stand before the Father in rightness. Does that make sense? With right standing before the Father. See, this light bulb went off in my head and it was my, it was my tipping point to grace. It was my tipping point to love. It was my tipping point to understanding the identity of how the Father saw me. And that righteousness was, I did nothing to deserve that. See, I feel like I'd been jumping through hoops most of my life. Those hoops that I was asked to jump through, man, I worked hard to jump through some of them. We've all jumped through hoops in different ways. We've made decisions, right? And these hoops take us in certain areas. They open some doors. I'm not saying hoops are bad. Understand me. I'm not saying hoops are bad. But I jumped through my hoops because I thought my worth was in how many hoops I jumped. But the reality of it, I didn't do a thing to deserve the righteousness he gave me. And neither did you. So you need to understand how much you did and did not do to receive his love. You did nothing, but you exist. And he loves you more than anything. I often looked at, looked at the, the prodigal son and the father. And the father who ran to his son. This is a, a human fleshly story. And I know that, God, that the Father in this picture is supposed to represent God the Father. But in all honesty, it doesn't. The truth is, he said he will never leave you. And he will never forsake you. So the whole time you're in Vegas doing what you do, 
he's right there. The whole time you're in with the pigs, thinking about eating the pig slop, he's right there. He's right there encouraging you. He's right there pushing you to make the right decision. It doesn't matter what you've done. His love is there. And that's the same love that he loved us first so that now we can love. So now we, we move that onto our friends. We move that onto our relationships. We move that onto people that are acquaintance that we just meet from time to time. Can we walk in love towards them? How many can do that today? I tell you what, it's a decision. And I hope the decision changes your journey for the rest of your life. Being able to put down the judgmental eyes and being able to hold on to that love that he has for you and you being able to share that love with others. It's a decision we make multiple, multiple times throughout the day, living the day on purpose. Amen? Well, thank you for that. Would you... Would you pray with me? Oh, Father God, we love you so much. You're so amazing. I thank you for today, for everyone that's here, for the ears that are listening online. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're guiding and directing us, taking us throughout our journey into those steps moving us from place to place, abounding us with grace, with love. I thank you that you loved us first so that now we can love. And it's a challenge that we have on ourselves to love and to love more like you every day. I thank you that as the, as the week goes on, you would stop us in our tracks and remind us, Holy Spirit, that we need to drink more water, that water that'll never run out. We need to take time to love on purpose. In Jesus' name, we give you all the praise. Amen. For more information about Faith City Church, please go to faithcity.tv. As always, we pray that you would grow in the knowledge and grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.